This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Lonnie's Discount Muffler and Ribs Studio in Washington, D.C., Piss Town. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. So Sam and I were in the wild yesterday. We uh, decided to watch a bit of Premier League soccer at a bar. Yes. No no alcohol was consumed. It was it was early in the day, for the record. We are upstanding citizens. We, uh, in fact, did brunch. We did do brunch. The point is, is that uh, as the games were ending, the Sunday NFL coverage was starting, and we saw a Michael Bloomberg ad <laughs> in the wild. Yeah. It, I, I, it I sucked. Watch, I watch more TV than you do, Sam. I've seen uh, quite a few of them lately. Well, I was thinking that uh, maybe maybe I'm just trying to view it positively because otherwise I will fall into a cavern of despair. But that and all the Tom Steyer ads, I'm hoping it will all somehow work out to be free advertising for Bernie. Because if you are watching these ads and you are uh, not as plugged into politics maybe as, as, as people like we do who've follow it all all the time um much to our own brain disease we uh you might see those bloomberg ads and think this guy is very obviously a rich guy trying to buy his way into the race and the only oh, the only way we can bring these fuckers to heel is through one senator bernard sanders that's that's definitely wishful thing <laughs> um i would say that bloomberg knows his target demographic the people who are watching sports Sunday morning, early afternoon, who are also being inundated with ads about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> he's, he's trying to reach that. Aren't most NFL fans Republicans? Or is that just... That's uh, his demo. <laughs> but they don't even vote in, the, in a lot of states. They can't vote in the Democratic primaries. Yeah. Speaking of the uh, primary... Um, everyone who listens to this show knows that the U.S. Postal Service is near and dear to our hearts here at the Sentinel. Uh, Pete Buttigieg has been on our shit list long before we found out about this, but he's definitely there now after learning that he tried to dismantle the post office. This was another one of his McKinsey gigs. According to a client list released by the Buttigieg campaign, he was advising the post office from 2007 to 2010, and the post office released a report in 2010 based on all these recommendations from McKinsey. And uh, we know what came out of that advising based on this report. The post office backed off revenue raising ideas like offering more products and even offering postal banking. Instead, the post office took McKinsey's advice and closed 141 processing plants laid off a bunch of postal employees. Now, the Buttigieg campaign is trying to distance the mayor from that report, insisting that Buttigieg only worked on revenue raising, not <laughs> cost cutting. Jesus. While he was there, he was he was focused on revenue raising by getting the post office to sell things like greeting cards. That was it. That was all he did. Isn't it amazing how client after client 
of Buddha judges uh, comes out. It comes out all these awful things happen, but Buddha judge just happened to only be working on the positive aspects yeah, it's of the though, client work. Yeah, like his boss at McKinsey was thinking, you know, Pete, one day you're going to have a political career, and we want to make sure that you're only working on uh, on the on the rainbows and ponies side of our <laughs> consulting gigs. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yet another reason to hate this rat-faced idiot. <laughs> He's such a fucking rat-faced piece of shit. It's Monday, December 16th, 2019. Here's the news. We're broadcasting just a few miles from Capitol Hill, and if you listen carefully, you can hear the sound of Democrats caving. A deal has been struck to keep the government open and funded, and part of that deal includes $1.4 billion dollars that the Democrats agreed to that will go toward funding President Trump's racist border wall. Oh, hell yeah. While it's short of the $5 billion the administration had requested and was included in the Senate funding bill, it's a lot more than the $0 that were included in the House bill. And really, it's a blank check because Democrats also did not fight to include provisions in the spending bill that would prohibit the White House from using funds appropriated for elsewhere to be transferred toward building the wall. So $1.4 billion goes toward Trump's wall, plus whatever he feels like transferring toward the wall project. The legislation is the result of weeks of closed-door negotiations between House and Senate Democrats and Republicans. The government was set to shut down again on December 20th, absent a spending bill, if passed, it would keep the lights on through next September. Previously, during the Obama administration, Republicans often used the threat of shutdowns to extract concessions from Democrats in the House and in the White House. But ever since last year's shutdown, Democrats have been wary about employing the same strategy. As a result, President Trump will enter 2020 unencumbered by government deadlines and brinksmanship. The voters will really reward us for showing them how good we look. And you thought it was bad last week when Speaker Pelosi announced impeachment articles against the president and then in a press conference right afterward announced a partnership with the president to pass one of his legislative priorities in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement? Well, this week it's going to be worse. In the same week that the House is going to vote to impeach the president, They'll also vote to give him billions of dollars to fund his racist border wall. A couple of other things in that spending bill that will be considered. The repeal of a slew of Obamacare taxes, which will further cripple the already weak health reform law, but it won't stop people like Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg from saying over and over again, we need to build on Obamacare. Well, Obamacare is dead. Also in the spending bill, a proposal to raise the age to buy cigarettes from 18 to 21. Oof. Sorry, kiddos. Unlucky. <laughs> a major pharmaceutical company says it has generic insulin available to the public, but an investigation by two senators found otherwise. Elizabeth Warren and Richard Blumenthal said today that the vast majority of pharmacies do not carry Eli Lilly's discounted insulin. The two senators released their findings in a report saying they conducted a phone survey of 196 chains and 190 independent pharmacies across all 50 states. Of the pharmacies they called, the generic insulin was not available at 83% of them. 
and just under seven out of 10 of the pharmacies who didn't have the drug, quote, indicated they could not order the drug even if the consumer did not need it immediately. So planning ahead does not save you here if you're poor and you needed this generic discounted insulin. In March, Eli Lilly announced it would start offering generic insulin called Insulin Lispro. The move came after steady price climbs for the diabetes treatment, including a report which found a $6,000 increase in the annual cost of diabetes treatment between 2012 and 2016. Hat tip to the Healthcare Cost Institute for that one. Another illustration uh, building on what you said about Obamacare being dead. <laughs> the annual cost of uh, of diabetes treatment going up six thousand yeah, dollars over as, the over the first four years of Obamacare being uh, active. And as we talked about on a show last week, the number of people skipping medical care because they can't afford it is at its highest level since two thousand one. That's right. Eli Lilly's brand name insulin Humalog can cost a thousand dollars per month to diabetics without insurance. All the more reason for Senator Warren to back a stronger Medicare for All plan. Or just implement the one she put forward <laughs> on the first day rather than fucking around and splitting up into two and shit. And maybe you can buy in and maybe you'll like it. No, that's not the point. Anyway, the insulin market is currently controlled by only three companies, Eli Lilly, Novo Nordisk, and Sanofi. For some reason, this insulin oligopoly exists despite the fact that insulin was first invented in 1921. Patent exclusivity still applies to this 98-year-old drug for some reason, uh, and that reason is capitalism. We're a country that doesn't care for its homeless, for a lot of the same reasons that were just mentioned, capitalism, but at least the Supreme Court granted the homeless the right to sleep on the streets without being arrested. On Monday, the high court declined to take up an appeal from the city of Boise, Idaho, which tried to make it illegal for individuals to sleep outside in public spaces. The city argued it was an issue of sanitation and it was necessary to keep homeless people out of parks and other public spaces. But lower courts rejected the regulation and the Supreme Court has now sided with those lower courts. The Federal Appeals Court, the Ninth Circuit, last ruled against the city, determining that, quote, a state may not criminalize conduct that is unavoidable consequence of being homeless, end quote. It added that Boise's ordinance violated the Constitution's Eighth Amendment protections against cruel and unusual punishment. The judges noted their ruling particularly holds up when a city doesn't offer any shelters. Quote, that is, as long as there is no option of sleeping indoors, the government cannot criminalize indigent homeless people for sleeping outdoors on public property on the false premise they had a choice in the matter. According to the U.S. Department of Housing, a half million people in the U.S. are homeless each night, and more than 40% of them are forced to sleep outside in public spaces. Judges on the circuit were quick to note that this is a narrow ruling against criminalizing sleeping outdoor in public spaces in certain circumstances. The ruling did not require the city to construct shelters for its homeless population. Why would we do that? Senator Bernie Sanders, though, is running for president on a platform to end homelessness proposing to build 25,000 new housing units in his first year in office, and a lot more after that. Finally, Boeing looks set to announce it will keep in place its suspension of 737 MAX production. The decision is expected to be discussed publicly by the company later today, according to multiple media reports. 
The actual final decision was still up in the air, no pun intended. 737 MAX production will either be scaled back or suspended indefinitely. Boeing's stock fell almost 4% in response to the news when stock markets opened. The announcement comes just days after the FAA warned the company against rushing to resume 737 MAX production. Agency head Stephen Dixon told Boeing CEO Dennis Muhlenberg to back off at a meeting in FAA headquarters here in Washington. The agency sent an email to Congress explaining the message conveyed by Dixon, per NPR, quote, The administrator is concerned that Boeing continues to pursue a return-to-service schedule that is not realistic. The message also noted Dixon said he was troubled by, quote, the perception that some of Boeing's public statements have been designed to force FAA into taking quicker action. In July, as CNN noted, Muhlenberg said Boeing would be forced to consider downsizing 737 MAX production if approval to resume was not secured by the end of the year. Between October of last year and March of this year, there were two 737 MAX crashes, one in Southeast Asia involving Lion Air, another involving an Ethiopian Airlines flight. 346 people in total were killed in these two crashes. Last week, House hearings revealed that the FAA predicted more accidents after the first crash, but the agency did not ground the 737 MAX until after the Ethiopian Airlines disaster. Dixon, for the record, was not head of the FAA until August. Also in hearings last week, a former Boeing employee and whistleblower claimed to have pleaded with the company to shut down 737 MAX production. Quote, I formally warned Boeing leadership in writing on multiple occasions, specifically once before the Lion Air crash and again before the Ethiopian Airlines crash, about potential airplane risk due to the unstable operating environment within the factory. End of quote. In other news, Sam Sachs is going to be making 12-hour drives for the rest of his natural life. It's true. I don't have a problem with it. I've got that uh, John Madden traveling habit down. Uh, you know, it's, I just need a bus. I need a traveling bus. <laughs> it's not so bad if you, uh, if you have stuff to listen to and uh, various restaurants to stop at. Yeah. All right. That music means the newscast is over and the poetry portion of our show begins. All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel get all the access to all the bonus content we put out. They also get their own haiku written for them and read on the air. And we're going to read a few right now. This one goes out to Zach. Dog, thanks for the licks. Dog thinks if I keep licking... I'll get to the bones. Thank you, Zach. This is for Matthew. Fork it all over. Oh, no, not literally. Robbing the fork store. Thank you, Matthew. Finally, this is for The Rocker. Sonic film without pregnant Sonic, pregnant tales, a box office flop. Thank you, The Rocker. Fully agree there. <laughs> yes, thank you, The Rocker, and thank you to all the new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Before we go, the listener rant line is blinking. Let's hear what y'all have to say. What's up, fellas? Keister here. Congrats on your new, or should I say current, business model. Over the past year, I've witnessed an explosion of patrons to your channel. I still miss the live chats, but whatever you're doing sure isn't broken. Maybe add a live chat once a week down the line, pick up a few more subs, maybe a few super chats. 
Regardless, it may be time to release a second haiku book and maybe remind people where they can buy the first one. I forgot to buy one for myself. Mary uh, Chris Annika. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Did I just open another front in the war on Christmas? <laughs> We're being good anti-capitalists uh, by doing just a dog shit job of trying to sell our own poetry book. <laughs> we are. We did talk last week about uh, either doing a new book or at least posting a link to where people can buy the uh, haiku book we did last year. <laughs> um, we'll do that this week and we'll announce it on the show. Uh, we'll put up the link for the haiku book. It makes a great uh, holiday gift to send uh, to friends. Um, also, if you miss us doing a weekly live stream We've got exciting news to share with you at the start of next year. Not ready to share it with you yet. It's still all in the works. We're nearing confirmation. Uh, and once we do, exciting stuff to share with you about new District Sentinel radio ventures in the new year. For the record, I did just Google District Sentinel haiku book uh, on on my smartphone. And uh, the first record that came, okay. the first... Uh, result that came up what is the uh is That's the website lulu press there you go just uh google district sentinel haiku book and with one click you can find how to buy it thanks for the call keister uh i'm not sure what patreon you've been monitoring ours has been pretty pretty stagnant this year but uh hopefully we'll we'll have it grow a bit faster next year after all we still we still need to release the fight video at at 5k we still need to release the intern nate doing yard work at 4k video if that still exists somewhere if it does it i don't know if we have access to that video anymore i don't i don't think so either uh again thanks for the call uh anybody else who wants to uh come on the show call the rant line 202-684-6108 leave a message we will play it on air we are back tomorrow we're here in dc so you don't have to be